Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Bulls Beat Podcast Show, the Chicago Bulls Podcast. Welcome back to the Bulls Beat Bulls fans. Doug Tonus here with you with uh, our buddy C Red Fred and Mark K from Australia. Fred, did you hit the record button this time? It's going, thanks. And, and how right. you doing? I apologize. I'm doing great. Hey, great to thanks. It's always good to start out with. How you doing, Fred? I don't think it's happened yet so far on this uh, glorious show. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Sorry, uh, a little bit late for our recording uh, for the listeners' sake. And but uh, Mark and Doug were very understanding, and now we're ready to roll. So let's let's talk some bulls. Very understanding would not by, be my <laughs> views of our reaction to your lateness. Mocking. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of ribbing, understanding, pro- probably not. But we appreciate you uh, trying to to lighten lighten the uh, discussion. What's on. amazing is I'm never late for anything. I'm always exactly on time, and this is like the first. This is the first wow. event I've probably been late for in the last fifteen twenty years. Just just like a wizard, your a wizard is never early or late. He's exactly where he should be, or something. I figured some something. You from mean the a other prophet? Ranks. <laughs> Just like a prophet. Not a wizard. I'm a prophet. I don't know about <laughs> Mark's the wizard. <laughs> okay, Mark. <laughs> you wizard, you. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well, Doug. And look, the, the listeners aren't going to be burdened by your lack of punctuality because ultimately I'll still edit it and you know release it when it needs to be released. It's really Doug and I that are impacted by your inability to understand timelines for a drink. But um, other than that, well, I'm pretty well, Doug. But having said that, I've got a feeling this is going to be a very nauseating podcast for me in terms of Fred's IO love being at a level that I I, I just can't foresee. I'm imagining it's going to be off the charts and I'm imagining he's going to be extremely uh, extremely annoying today. So I'm bracing myself, to be honest with you. All right. I'm never annoying. Of, on a scale of one to 10, how annoying do you plan to be today? I, you know, I, I've decided to take a uh, serious tone when it comes to talking to IO. I've already won. <laughs> I've already won the I.O. argument. I mean, that was over probably about six or seven games ago. So I'm not going to take any more laps on it. You know, I don't think it's good karma. I want to talk about karma a little bit on this show. <laughs> the negative karma that we produce with now all these injuries. I don't know how many times I've seen these stupid emails or these stupid Twitter uh, tweets talking about the previous group. The reason the previous group did not win a title was due to injuries. And now, lo and behold... I still see him, and now what do we have? We have a massive issue with the beloved bull. And I think for good karma purposes, let's all knock it off. You know, let's be happy we got the new group here who are doing a great job. But if I see any more tweets that are talking about the previous group, I'm going to jump on. I'm going to start engaging at this point. You, of all people, are going to get upset about someone (laughs) drudging up the past. You're, this is the stance you're going to take. No, you one should, to- no one should bring up old grudges from the past. This is. I just want to make sure we, we got you on record as saying this is something we should stop doing. What grudge from the past do I have? I don't know. I, I, oh. I, I can't even. <laughs> you serious? I, I just. Well, I, name one. I'd like to know. Name I one. One. I mean, like, I, I. How many Tom Thibodeau references do you think we'll have per show, despite the fact that we're not playing the Knicks? Tom Thibodeau is very much in the present. He's one of our biggest competitors in the Eastern uh, Conference. That's so what think, I'm talking about. You just think about. the Knicks are really good and one of our biggest competitors is what I heard out of that. Well, not very good, but they're <laughs> they're a competitor. <laughs> All right. I, I so, put them in the same category as the head coach of the Orlando Magic, whoever that is. So I, do we want to talk about the fact that the Bulls have now five guys in the COVID protocols and still have to play games? And uh, like, that's yeah, this probably is, not going to go ridiculous. real well, or should we just skip over that whole thing because it's just going to suck and we, we just have to embrace it. Um, and that just is what it is. 
Well, I think we should talk about is, you know, whether they should be playing games or not. Like, obviously, if they do play games, they're going to be severely, severely hampered. But like, for me, like the question is, should they even be allowed to play games? Not just be- not just because of the fact that they're missing like virtually a third of or a half of their rotation or half their players, if you include uh, Caruso and Patrick Williams. But like, is it safe to even have this team playing right now? Like, I, I assumed like as of yesterday that Derek Jones Jr. didn't have COVID given that he was you know, playing games, but all of a sudden he's out. So, like, has he exposed the Cavs now? And, like, has previous players that have that have played for the Bulls that have COVID now, have they exposed the Denver Nuggets as an example? The Nuggets are already down half their rotation with injuries. So, like, more, more generally, should the Bulls even be allowed to be playing right now? Yeah, it's a general question. I think if you get something, like, there has to be some threshold. Like, yeah. if you have five guys on your team that got COVID, maybe yeah. we should just call, call a pause and just put in the provision that maybe not all the games are going to be played, and that's okay. Like, just come back in 10 days. You missed four games. Maybe you have one week at the end of the year. You make up games if you can. Or you just say, forget it. You missed four games. You know, such is life. Like you get a 78-game uh, season, and, and we'll do everything else on percentages. Like, I, <clears throat> like, it just seems nuts to be playing games when you're down this many. Like, it just seems like you're asking to miss even more games you know, once you have that type of outbreak, but I don't know. I, I I'm it, it's clearly they've made a decision on what they're going to do, and I don't think they're going to pull the plug no matter what. I think they're just going to keep running guys out there, and uh, I, I sort of get it. But yeah, I, I would just say like, nah, now we're probably going to kind of be cooked in the next three four games. That's it's hard how many to imagine. Players, how many players in the NBA do you feel? Do you know if you know this answer? Have had COVID. What, do you have any estimates? It's got to be half the league, right? I would assume. Uh, I can't imagine. Yeah, don't know. What would you guess, Doug? I'd probably have to. You did this. You, yeah, you did this math before. Yeah. I thought last year, but you had figured out that like a quarter of the league had it. Um, you know what, I, what they found now, though, is it doesn't matter. Like after six months, it doesn't really matter if you've had it. What do you mean? Like you're not. You're still susceptible to getting again after six months, right? So like at one point, we kind of thought like once you get it, you're kind of. They're going to have this immune maybe forever. Mm-hmm. And, and they've now shown that that clearly is not the case. Like, you clearly can get reinfected. And certainly, like, with the – and I don't want to turn this into a COVID podcast, but, like, with the Omicron variant coming along, which, you know, seems to be very different from the other variants, and they've already shown, like, the previous immunity doesn't help nearly as much with it. You know, like, like, like there's a good chance everyone who has it now can still get it in April. Like, you know, like I don't think, and, and whatever, I'm, I'm out on my skis a little bit with science, but that seems to be a reasonable conclusion that they probably didn't all get Omicron now and they probably all can get it. They'll have almost no additional protection for it in six months. It sucks. It just doesn't seem like the NBA has a, a plan for this. I like, I'm assuming we're playing an 82 game season and I'm assuming they just, well, they're just going to roll around like it was just business as usual, like previous years or back to normal. But it's still not normal because this thing is still lingering in the background and it's still something that can really influence the season. Like depth still matters and the Bulls were a team that had depth. They they were getting, you know, performances from members every single play. Like we started this podcast joking about Io, but like he bobs up out of nowhere. So did Derek Jones Jr. So did uh, Tony Bradley. Troy Brown Jr. had a good game against the Nuggets. Like these guys played well to... I guess, you know, support the, the the players that the Bulls were already missing, were which we had like three or four guys in, in protocol at that point. But now to, to the point where you have five guys out and, you know, like I said, Caruso and Pat Williams, like at, at what point yeah, there needs to be a threshold to this. It doesn't sound like there's actually a plan in the background, which is the most frustrating thing about it because, you know, 
it just sucks that the Bulls are going to turn up to these games and probably lose and you know, register these L's. And, you know, a, a loss against the um, the, the Cavs yesterday, potentially a loss against the, um, the Heat on the weekend. Like, these losses matter. And if they're going to be racked up just because of COVID, then it could really influence where the, the standings ultimately end up. So that's why I'm annoyed about this. Yeah, but we're not the only team experiencing this. I mean, the Pacers and Raptors have had a ton of issues in the past week. Every team in this league, I think without the exception of the Knicks, it seems like, uh, has issues with COVID. Just unbelievable. And um, I say unbelievable. It's actually very believable. I think we all know somebody who's had it. In general, if you're old and you have preconditions, you're in really big trouble. And it's a very serious disease. But if you're an NBA basketball player uh, or younger than that, and in the, the kids and the people that I know that have had it, you're going to be fine. You know, um, it doesn't you know, change the severity of it because you could pass on to somebody who could have serious ramifications or serious issues with it. But, you know, overall, you're right. There should be some co- cohesive policy where if I think half the team has it, you should be able to forfeit or, or not forfeit, but at least postpone some of your games. Mm. But every team is dealing with this. It's not like we're the only team dealing with it. We, I don't think every team has five guys in the protocol like us, but one of them is, uh, you know, Matt Thomas. Does that even count? So, you know, um, go on. Yes, it counts. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, the Bulls right counts. now, probably with Caruso and Pat, they're missing seven guys. And of those seven yeah. guys, six yeah. of them six of them would be rotation guys. Yeah. So, like, that's – it's like a rotation is usually like nine long. So, that's like – you know, so that's a lot. Yeah, we've had it's, Gooch it's a lot. in it. I mean, yeah, there are so some key it, players just, that have been in it. It just is what it is. And I agree. It's not like – this isn't just a Bulls thing. But, like, you, you look at the – with the league planned on, and it isn't totally crazy, right? What the league planned on was like, everyone has to be vaccinated. So we probably won't have any massive spread, you know, within once one guy gets it. Like, like the vaccine will stop like massive spread. And so then probably what they found is like, well, one, the vaccine is not necessarily doing that once, once Delta became the primary thing. You know, it's maybe minimizing hospitalizations and making things better, but it's not acting as effectively as it was against the initial thing. And then two, probably, you know, realistically, almost all the NBA players got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which is a one-dose vaccine, which wasn't helping as much. Like everyone you heard who got fully vaccinated got the Johnson & Johnson, like from the NBA. So you also have guys who are choosing to get the one shot, like lower lower threshold helpful vaccine. And then, you know, now that they've had the variants come and like the vaccine isn't as protective as we hoped it would be, you know, the NBA is just kind of rolling along on the plan as if it was as helpful. And and what they probably need to do instead was say, let's have a plan where you know, we're going to kind of get six teams in a group. All the games amongst those six teams are going to kind of happen at one time. And you know, we're only going to like travel between these like mini groups. So we have less spread moving along from team to team. And it's a little safer. If you play a team twice at home, you're going to play them back to back. So we're going to minimize the amount of time people have to travel. Like they could have done other things that would help with this. They could have said, we're going to do, do a 72 game season and we're going to have a month of buffer at the end. And then we'll start the playoffs at normal time. And then any games that, you know, get made up are going to get made up in that month buffer. Like there's other things they could have done to kind of like mitigate this. You know, if you have more than three, three people sick, we're going to, we're going to call it postpone the game. I mean, there's stuff they could have done and whatever it is what it is. I don't know that it's impacting us more than it's going to impact the rest of the, the league. You know, it's, it's just frustrating as a fan though, to watch your team go out there and just like throw the guys we have out there. Like I have no, I have no excitement in this Miami game coming up now that I would have been really excited about otherwise. And that's, yeah. that's kind of a shame, you know? And, and like I said, it's a difficult spot the league's in. I get it. I, I don't want to like 
kill the league. Can we can we kill the COVID thing? Yeah, let's let's move let's on to some, like, some lot of topics. Like whatever, it's it's just like a lousy thing. But so let's, you know, I, I do I do think we should at least say this. Like this is going to have serious ramifications for where the Bulls end up. It's not like this league is an easy league, especially the Eastern Conference. That we're only a few games out of the tenth spot. So I mean, yeah, if we're missing some of these key players like DeRozan and, and obviously Cruz was out for a reason other than COVID, the ramifications are extremely serious. So. You know, on one hand, I have said, what can the league do? I, I, I think the league is actually doing the right thing. I would just forge ahead and let's – we can't just keep on, you know uh, – believe me, I'm pro-vaccine. I'm, I've got my booster shot. I tell everybody I know to take the vaccine. But I also, on the other hand, say I think some people have a tendency to go overboard about how we should change our, our lives at this point because, um, you know, we've had – serious situations as someone who coaches youth athletics where kids, you know, lives have been effective in a negative fashion due to the fact of everything we're taking away from them without this abundance of fear. And, uh, you know, we should just be honest. Like if you're an NBA basketball player or younger than that, you're going to be fine. Well, if you're older, you're going to be in big trouble. I, I, I understand there's exceptions as there are to all of it. Yeah. Everything I, I guess I don't want to turn this done. into a big political COVID thing. So no, neither do I. So I'm not. In there, the, this isn't. That you, just, you just completely moved away from basketball and talked about life and COVID and all this other stuff, which just makes me want to bring up a whole bunch of other things that I'm not going to, so we don't make this a COVID podcast. So I'm just going to cut you <laughs> I'm off. Not, I'm not political at all. I would well, you are. What You're talking about, about like how it impacts issue. youth basketball and our kids and our nation and how the whole nation needs to respond, which is away from the bulls. So I'm just going to maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he's just running on a platform here. Maybe he, this is the start of his political campaign. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even get vaccinated and get a booster shot. I don't even entirely disagree with you. I don't even entirely disagree with you. I'm not saying your point is wrong. I just uh, if if you keep making it, I'm going to then start countering. So I don't want to. I'm just going to cut it off. Like, can't you ever just agree with the the knowledge I'm laying out here? No, probably not. Probably not. All right. So (laughs) speaking of not agreeing with you, Mark, are you ready for it? I'm going to make Fred's head explode. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm scared about this topic. Let's go. Let's go. The next thing I'm list. Is Iowa the most overrated bull in Chicago Bulls history? Oh my god! I think I think the answer to that is probably <laughs> yes. Like I just read the stupidest stat I've ever heard in my life. I just want to like produce this stuff. I don't know who produced it, but Joe Cowley apparently tweeted it, which is the Bulls are ten and one when Iowa plays eighteen minutes a game. Iowa has the worst plus minus on the team. Worst plus minus on the team. Wait, but we're gonna use just... we're gonna use his per game win total if it's meaningful. Even though when he's on the floor, it actually has the worst outcome of any player on the team. But we're gonna we're gonna look at the the win total for it. And then like people are just going nuts. They're going ape ape shit. Just going nuts because he scored eleven points in forty two minutes. Oh my god! What an amazing rookie performance! Eleven points in forty-two minutes, and it was like probably his best game of the year. I wish people could see Fred's face and, right and now. He just scored like, and like, and we're talking about him like he didn't just just score five points in thirty-four minutes yesterday. Like, 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 like he's fine. Like I like Io, and now this is like I feel like I'm Kirk or Fred talking about Kirk Heinrich. Like, I like Io. He's fine. He's great as a second rounder. He was the guy I would have picked. I'm happy with what he's done so far. But, like, people are now talking about him. Like, I wouldn't throw Io in for a Harrison Barnes trade. Like, like this is, like, completely nuts. You've rambled on enough. I got to jump in here. The, uh, uh, the audacity. Let me ask you a question, Doug. Be honest. And you too, Mark. Who received more positive praise? Patrick Williams for his performance last year 
or Io this year? Let's so be honest. So far, Io. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Are you kidding me? The entire city is Io going Io mania right now. Io is like on the about? back page of the Sun Times with his wingspan over <laughs> the city he's... like he was Michael Jordan after he scored 11 <laughs> points in 42 minutes. There are plenty. There are more highlight plays from Io in probably a six-game span that we saw from Patrick Williams all of last year. Yet all I saw for the first two months, he belongs here. Look at how he guarded all the best players on the other team. It was like weeks and weeks and tweets and tweets of Patrick Williams this, Patrick Williams that. The overall excitement about these two players, in my opinion, was about equal with a little bit of an edge to Patrick Williams. And I'd counter that what we're seeing from a player who makes less than a million a freaking year deserves to be celebrated, and everyone across a, a, the, this this great city should hold hands and sing I-O-I-O, I-O-I-O for about a half an hour. <laughs> That's how good this second-round pick has been for the beloved Bull. I don't care about plus-minus. It's not a stat I use. I don't believe yes, you do. in it. <laughs> it's, not a stat, it's not a stat I, I do use. You know many, I don't believe you know how many it. times I've had to yell at you about how single game I plus minuses are meaning, meaningless? And this is like season-wide plus minus. Season I do that plus to minus. irritate you, and now you've come back and irritated me because I think, if anything, we're <laughs> under-celebrating the achievements of this kid in this city. A 21-year-old second-round pick making less than a million is helping this team win. I'm like, what and is his fair market that, value? Not only that, I'm, I'm arguing with people from Australia who still have the audacity to talk like Minnie Cooper has a better future than Io. And that's in, absolutely freaking insane. Your buddy Josh, oh my God. I, I just bring up a few facts and all of a sudden he comes at me like I think he's a lifetime backup. He starts. He almost has a triple-double. Yet, I still get hit with this stuff. If anything, I've underplayed how good this kid has been. And Mark, I think it's a perfect setting right now for you to come and tell the entire universe of listeners to say, repeat after me, I, Mark K. from Australia, was a dope. <laughs> I was great. Go I suspect ahead. that's not going to be what he said <laughs> out of Mark's mouth. Go ahead, Mark. Here's I'm just wondering, like, why Why would I say that? Well, what is the incentive for me to say why that? Why would I say that? Because the kid's been freaking great. He's been absolutely I've already awesome. said he's been great. I've, I've, I've admitted a million times that he's been playing, you know, good, positive basketball for the Bulls. What do now you want it's me your to turn, say? Doug. Now it's your turn. Why? He's not the most overrated player. I, most overrated like player. Six it's points insanity. a game. One point two assists a game. How many point minutes? Point eight turnovers a game. 18 minutes. Yeah, you're not measuring the things that really matter with Io. Heart size, uh, intensity, uh, desire to win, incredible defensive plays like a block from behind. I could, I could have players like, like all Giddy of those could never do in their for wildest the block from behind. I could have intensity and desire to win. Javante <laughs> has all those things. Yeah, I mean. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm not even remotely going down the green road. I can't talk about him because he's in the protocol, so I didn't know about that. Shameful. Shameful to even mention a player who's in the protocol, so we're not going to bring him up. Let's just stick on aisle. Let's just talk about aisle. Yeah, Io okay. deserves let me, let me praise, not Io, diminished so Io criticism. Io deserves praise for overachieving as a second rounder and being worth more than his second round minimum salary. But yes. what people have now talked about him is a guy you would not trade for a borderline <laughs> all star. Like Io is nowhere near that good. He's All nowhere right. near that good. Are the you guy, referring to the poll I, I sent out, which is... I didn't even see your poll. I one of three players, What out of these three players, who has the greatest trade value? Io, three players, 21 and under. Io, Kobe White, Patrick Williams. Out of those three, 
who do you think is most desirable, who has the largest trade value with other GMs? That was the question that led down this road, which caused you to make this ridiculous statement. Well, that's that's I thought what led to this. No, which I didn't my, see that. my podcast partner Mark uh, Mark Lewenthal comes in and jumps all over Iowa. He of course he's going to jump over Iowa. He went to Arizona. He hates Illinois because of what happened in two thousand. I didn't uh, listen to your it, podcast, Mark. I've no, no none of my comments have anything. There was to do no that podcast. Up. There was a tweet that led to this big argument. Fine, I didn't see your tweet. Let's focus the que- let's focus on this question. The question is this: How, how much? What is Iowa's fair market value right now? If you're paying, is it higher contract, than Kobe White or Patrick no, no, no. Williams? Answer my question. I'm. This is the this is the bulls beat, not the bus. You answer my question. <laughs> what is what is Iowa's fair market value right now? He's a free agent right now today. How much would you pay him? Ten million per year. Ten million. Ten million a year. Oh. Million a year. <laughs> Do you know how many players there are in the league who can do it? Who who are making ten million that aren't as good as Iowa right now? There's got to you know be how many least... of them would get ten million a year right now if they weren't as good as Iowa? None. Iowa's twenty one years old. Well, see, part of the factor for why we should be all so excited is he's a player making less than a million. He's exactly what you need if you want to achieve greatness. Yeah, he's, you need to have a, a few guy of those who's players you about three to four million dollars a year of value. No, he's seven like, or eight. He's like Nine three or four ten. million. His six points a game and good defense is worth like like four, three, four million a year. That's where he is right now. And I like Iowa. I think he'll get better. I think he's going to improve. I think of course he's someone he will. to be excited about. I'm excited about Iowa. But the amount of love he is now getting has reached just insane, insane levels. Why are we starting out with this topic? This is such a... I Such just a knew bummer would, topic. I just knew it would just piss you off. Is it is it more or less a bummer than the entire roster is out with COVID? <laughs> let's rate let's rate, let's rate our level right. of depression. Is it more or less depressing? I think it's a worthy conversation though in, in this scope. Like I was I was putting this out on the timeline the other day and just having a general conversation just to get a feel of where people sit on this, but like Take it as an extent, extend, extension of what we're discussing here, but like not just Iro, but also Patrick Williams, less so maybe Kobe. But like, there is so many pe- fans within this fan base right now that are so wedded to the young players of this team to the point where they don't want to move on from an Io or a Patrick Williams or a Kobe White in order to get another player who could potentially like help you win now. Like, maybe we can talk about this because it's connected to this Iowa stuff and it's just more connected to trades and, and you know, where the balls are positioned this season. But, like, it just I, – I, it really annoys me, actually. It, it, this is, I mean, there's a long list of things that annoy me, but this is probably top five, I would say. But, like, I, I just – I don't understand this the fans of this fan base being so fascinated with the young players of this team to the point where they wouldn't be prepared to trade Io or Patrick Williams or Kobe White in some sort of package deal for a legit top 50, top 60, top 70 player to the point where you could like realistically help the prime of Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and maybe even squeeze out a title this year. People are like, Mm, we have to think about the future. We have to think about the next four to five years. Uh, someone responded to me the other day that Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Ayo uh, Dosunmu could be uh, the next big three for the Bulls. He can't trade them. I'm like, what are you talking about, people? What are you talking about? Like, uh, like it, it just it just annoys me. And uh, I don't understand. I, I don't know where you guys sit on it. I don't know, Frederick. If Ayo, you're completely against the uh, thought process of trading Ayo. It sounds like you are, but like. I don't, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. I will, let me just jump in on this because, of course, you ended this argument with something that pissed me off. Where you had to throw in packs. 
some dumb, ridiculous. <laughs> Pax has programmed the fan base to think that we need to, to over. No, come on, give me a break. That's such such a load of crap. Uh, the fact is, I, the question that I had brought up are out of those three young players, which one do you think has the highest trade value? With the assumption, I would trade all three of them if it means getting a title. Like it's insanity to me. I do kind of hate, hate to admit that I agree with you, Mark, to a certain level that. You know, what's our whole goal here? You know, our window is two years out. It's And it might be even shorter than that if Vucevic is suddenly declined to a level that he's played to, unfortunately, for a large swaths of this season. So, yeah, you better be willing to trade those guys. I would trade Patrick Williams in a second. I, I have I, – We know you trade about Patrick this before. Williams in a second. I was, the one, I was the one player out of those three, out of Kobe White, that I – would really hesitate to, and for the reasons why that I've sent to, said to you guys is I've he's, I've watched him more than any arguably any college basketball player in the last ten years, and he has characteristics that are special. That he comes through in the fourth quarter. That he's uh, there's nothing that I think he does poorly. He's an incredibly well rounded player who can pass, shoot, defend, uh, handle the ball. Uh, keep the turnovers low. Like I think he can develop into an all star. I believe that. I haven't seen anything from Patrick Williams that indicate that Kobe White is so inconsistent. It's really hard. You know, there are sometimes I saw some stuff from Kobe, but well, I would Kobe still probably trade all three, three of them. Games, right? Yeah, like, I there's no doubt. Anything like that? Like yeah, no. But I always Doug. He's clearly better defensively. You've offenses, seen plays from yes. Iowa. Offenses. You pay for offense, not defense, though. You don't pay for defense. Unless it's Mike Caruso. You get, you get like, uh, Not yeah. Alex Caruso. Mike Caruso. Mike Caruso was a. This, do you work shortstop. with a Mike Caruso? This is the no, second no, no. time you've gone with a Mike Caruso. <laughs> no, Mike Caruso is a former shortstop for the Chicago <laughs> White Sox. Okay. Alex Caruso. I'm okay, sorry. sorry. Yeah. yeah anyway, yeah, big baseball fan that you are. So I understand the confusion. I mean, at least there is a Mike Caruso. It's not just random. I, I'm trying to make it better for you, but I'm probably making it worse. I apologize. I've done it like I, twice in my life. I, yeah, you, I do, you've called but me I out do legitimately feel for you. I've, I've done the same thing. Uh, yeah, but so Alex Crusoe, though, is, is yeah, he, he's like a, what, $8 million a year guy? $10 million, I think. I don't know. It's, 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 Nine million. Less, it, it's like eight and a half, I think, when you average it yeah, out. Like, I mid-level mean, money. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Io could be a mid-level guy. I mean, who's better now, Alex Crusoe or, or Io? Of course, Alex Caruso is better. Okay, I'm not, so I'm not arguing Crusoe, that. He's older. Alex Caruso's best offer this offseason was ours at $36 million in four years. It's like, you know, so, so like IO's value is less than that. Right now. Yeah. yeah I, right I, now. I, think, I think both of you have seen things, and at least I hope you have seen things in IO. They provide you with some. But until uh, he does excitement. those things, yeah, absolutely. But until he does those things consistently and shows that he can do them regularly and often. Like, you know, it's like Kobe White has shown me some things that have provided a lot of excitement. I just, yes. I'm not, I'm not convinced that Kobe White is ever going to do those things with the level of consistency required to be a star player. But anyway, we're all in agreement, Doug. We're all okay, in agreement. Okay. I think so, I trade so all three of them. Yes. Here, here's, here's the question. And Fred, just to, just to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. I owe Kobe plus Pat for Harrison Barnes. Yes or no? All three for Harrison Barnes. No, I, 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 I would not throw an aisle for Harrison Barnes. I think the top two I would. I think, yeah, I would not do I.O. plus Pat for Harrison Barnes, just those two. I don't want I.O. in any of those trades for Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I like Harrison Barnes. I.O. I for Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes, straight up. <laughs> yes, I would do just for straight <laughs> so up. So, Pat Williams and I.O. is too much, but just I.O. you'll do. 
What about Mike Desumu? Which who would trade him for? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is really gone down uh, the wrong road that I intended. No, no, so, but Pat, I'm doing no, a horrible job of Harrison Barnes. I, I like Harrison Barnes. I don't love I Harrison you, Barnes. I know you. Like Harrison my, Barnes. I, I just don't think. Right. Who let's do you be love? honest. Do you think Harrison Barnes puts this over the top and makes this a, a championship? I think contender? there is a chance. The answer is yes. I don't think there's a trade that's going to put them over the top, but it can it level like put them on the level of a Phoenix Suns, of a Golden State, of a Milwaukee to the point where you increase your odds? Then I think that's possible. But there's no trade that's going to put you over the top. There's no like, trade that makes you a favorite. I think yeah. Sabonis yeah. would. I think Sabonis is a significantly better player. No, can we get into this topic then? Yeah, yeah I'd like sure, to get yeah, into this talk topic. Sabonis. Yeah, I'd Fred, like to get into us, this one. I think it's on Demontis it, Sabonis. The, the the emails and tweets I've seen are bat crap crazy about Sabonis. It just drives me insane. Like, uh, like he, it, all of them mirror the same thoughts that I saw last year on on Laurie Markkinen, which was Laurie Markkinen can't play with Vucevic. He can't play that's with correct. him, you know, and that's probably true to some degree. Although he seems to be playing with another, um, you know, other centers and other bigs in, in Cleveland just fine. But regardless of that, um, Sabonis is not Laurie Markkinen. He's twenty five and he's freaking awesome. And he's and you 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 figure it out. You bring in a talent like that. I don't care. You know you you to me he's better than Vucevic. And so like why is this even a conversation? Like if you're going to move Patrick Williams and Kobe White for for Sabonis, you do it and you worry about the fit later. Uh, I think he would absolutely bring us to. It. He solves a lot of the issues in my opinion that we have, which are size, aggressiveness, rebounding. He's an excellent passer. He's a much better passer than Vucevic. Like it's bizarre world. Like people don't know how good this kid is. At twenty five, you absolutely make those two trades. I'd even throw an eye over Sabonis. Throwing all three of those guys, bring in Sabonis, who's a legit player, and then now we're cooking with gas. But Mark, your reason is you don't like him because he doesn't fit with Vooch. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't get it. I like Sabonis. I'm a big Sabonis fan. But if the idea is to pair Sabonis with Vooch, um, I've even seen some people say. Uh, that we should go after Miles Turner and have Miles Turner backing up Vooch, or you could even play those two guys together. Like it, the logic just makes zero sense to me because the Pacers are trying to break up Miles Turner and uh, Sabonis because they don't really fit as a tandem because they're both centers. So why would you want to bring in Sabonis or a Turner to play with Vucevic, given that Vooch is just a one position player as a center? Like what, why would you want to do that? I don't. I understand that like, you need bigs. Maybe you needed another backup big, or you want some more size, but to get another a legit power forward who's well he's playing power forward but he's really a center to pair him with Vooch like it just takes away from the complete dynamic that you form this year where you're going to be a smaller oh, maybe not smaller but more athletic more switchable on defense your 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 defense your defensive identity would completely change if you have both Sabonis and Vucevic on the court at the same time so like it just makes zero sense to me at all I'm I, I'm in I would I would take Sabonis. In fact, I would take Turner. And I agree with Mark's concerns to a degree that the fit is not perfect. But one, I'm just not so enthralled with Vooch that I am now planning anything I do based on what Vooch is doing. Like Vooch is going to need to have more than two good games in a year before I start game planning around how <laughs> you know the team is impacted by his presence. Uh, but then it's like, all right, you now have you stagger their minutes. You know, centers usually only play around 30 minutes a game. So it's like 12 minutes they're on the floor together. And, you know, I, I, I'd be okay with that. I, I agree it's not a perfect fit. I would rather have Harrison Barnes in terms of fit. Uh, but I would Ugh. I would take the talent upgrade. And, you know, Turner is a little bit more dicey for me. 
But with Sabonis, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think his total, total talent is so good that I would I would jump on it and not worry about it. So let me just throw this question out. If, you, if we're talking th- trading Kobe White, Patrick Williams for Harrison Barnes or Kobe White, Patrick Williams for Sabonis, you guys are taking Harrison Barnes. Oh, the yeah. older yeah. player and inferior player yeah. instead of uh, – see, I totally disagree with that. I just don't know he's an inferior player. I, he's I an absolutely I, I inferior player. I don't know that I agree with that statement. Well, even even if he is, I, I'm I'm still taking I'm still taking Harrison Barnes because he is a seamless fit. He doesn't change your identity. You don't have to think about any, you know, Billy Donovan, you know, changing his entire system halfway through the season because I think he would have to do that both on offense and defense. Like we've already had conversations around Vooch and Demar operating within the same areas within the offense. Like Sabonis, you add him into that. Like he's another non-shooter. You put him next to Demar and Vooch, who's been off from a shooting point as we this season. Like your shooting potentially gets worse. They want to operate from the same places on offense, which is around that elbow area. And then I've already spoken about the defensive issues it would cause. Like it doesn't make sense. Vooch for Sabonis, yes, that makes sense. To bring in uh, Sabonis to play with Vooch, to play next to DeRozan, Make zero sense. Miles Turner makes even less sense to me. So, like, um, I mean, it's it's good to see a, a team within our conference maybe heading down the rebuilding path. Not that not that they were really a, a threat to Chicago, let's say. But I, you know, I I want nothing to do with any of their players. Is basically my point. Maybe some of their lower pieces, some of their role guys. Maybe we can bring uh, Justin Holiday back to annoy you, Fred. But um, any of their key <laughs> pieces again. like Karis Levert or Miles Turner or Sabonis, it makes zero sense for me. This team needs a big athletic four, not a big plotting plotting center like Sabonis. He's not a plotting center. I, I think you're He's both. A center. Number one, number one, you're highly overrating the defensive capabilities of Harrison Barnes. He's not that great defensively. He's Number fine. two, you're highly underrating the ability of Sabonis, who is, I think, far more athletic than people give him credit for. He averaged seven assists last year, 20 points, 12 rebounds. The guy's a freaking monster, and he's an excellent passer, and he fits exactly in with what Arturis wants in terms of smart, high IQ players that are physical. I mean, he, the guy totally dominated us a couple of weeks ago, and yet we're having an argument that Harrison Barnes is as good as a guy no, who's younger no, and better. I literally yes, we just are. said. We just, I just heard you guys say that he was better or is what equal are you or better. You're not Doug, listening. You I literally said, said just Doug before just said that, that Harrison you. Barnes is I, – I, uh, what I said was is Sabonis is better than Harrison Barnes and I would still take Harrison Barnes. I'm not I'm not questioning Sabonis' ability. Like he's an all-star level player. I'm saying he doesn't fit if you're keeping Vucevic and that's the response I've generally got back is we keep Vuce, we pair him with Sabonis – you know, trade the younger guys for Sabonis and, and you play, you know, the two big lineup because his team lacks size, his team lacks rebounding and all this sort of stuff that people just continuously come back and forth with, with uh, or to me on. And I just don't agree that this team needs a huge dramatic uh, uplift inside to the point where you're going to change your philosophy as a team and, and, you know, go the two big model. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. And I don't think that Sabonis is worse than Barnes. I just said, I don't think they're on the, like, I don't think they're in different tiers. Like, I don't think Sabonis is a radically better player than Barnes. Like, I think he's a better player. I just don't think it's by a big enough amount that I would take the poor fit. But I would take either of those guys. Like, and it's not like we're going to be sitting there at both on the table. Like, like just realistically, probably neither of them will be available for what we want to trade. And if either one was, I would do it. You know, I can't imagine that both of those offers are sitting there and we're debating between them. We'd be lucky to get either of them for the combination I'm throwing an IO for either of them. IO Pat and Kobe, if we could land one of those two guys, I would take either one. And uh, even Miles know, Turner. 
Uh, no, 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 no. I would probably not give take Miles Turner for that. I, oh, I sorry, would, when, you, when you say Turner. two, you were talking Harrison Barnes, uh, Barnes, Barnes or Sabonis. Okay, yeah, okay, Barnes or that Sabonis. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, Turner, Turner, I would take, but it would I wouldn't give up as much for him. It would an interesting question if we want to talk Turner. Would you give up Vucevic for Turner if it was on the table? Now it's not no. a trade the Pacers makes any sense for the Pacers, so it's yeah. not anything that's happened. It's a just totally theoretical trade. Like Turner is shooting, I think, close to forty percent from three this year. He's, he is. He's a much better defender. You got to be yeah, kidding me! I was shocked. I was shocked. I actually looked up and like Turner is actually a decent uh, three point shooter. I had out. no idea he was shooting it that high. I had no idea because four point seven attempts. That's the one negative. Thirty nine point seven percent. Sabonis is not a great three point shooter, and that's the one negative about his game. Yeah, and and Turner has been thirty six, roughly thirty six percent for his career, and he's averaged over four attempts a game for the past three years. Unbelievable. So he's, so Learn he's, he's something a, new every day. He's a decent three-point shooter, not a great three-point shooter. But yeah, he, he, he's a capable but not, not great three-point shooter. But he's a good, better defender, I think we'd agree, than Vucevic is. No oh, doubt. 100%. Yeah. I mean, Turner makes sense if you're getting the, the peak version of, of uh, Patrick Williams where you've got this stretchy four that you can put next to him, someone who you can get maybe 15, 16, 70 points, 17 points out of. Because Turner is only going to give you like 12, 13 points a game. And I mean, the the whole idea of Vooch with DeRozan and Levine is you have this uber third option when those two guys get zeroed in on, you can get to Vooch for, you know, you pick and pop jumpers and he's going to murder teams like he did against the Hornets and the Knicks last week. That's the ideal version of Vooch. Now, if, you, if you're going away from that for whatever reason and you're getting in a more defensive guy who's going to give you 13 points and six rebounds like Turner has done for the last four or five years then you're going to need some offensive, uh, you know, some real offense coming from your power forward position, which the Bulls don't really have at this point, which is why we're, you know, talking about Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant or whoever the hell that, you know, insert name, however you want it, want it to be. So, you know, Miles Turner makes a lot of sense from a, de- a defensive standpoint. To get him in, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't be trying to pair, you know, Vooch and Turner together because that to me makes zero sense. But you would need a lot more offense from somewhere because Turner is not going to give you much offense um, from apart from spot ups. Same with Lonzo, and you're not really getting much more than that from your power forward position. So it does limit what you can be on offense, and you will have to live with that because it doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to get much offense from their power forward position at this point. Yeah, I remember uh, I did a deep dive on Turner last year, and a couple things that always bothered me about him. I didn't think he rebounded extremely well. And a lot of that has to do with your, if you're consistently going for blocks, and he's an excellent rim defender, and he does get a lot of blocks, you're often out of position to get boards. But I think last year, from what I recall, I remember looking, Sabonis literally doubled his average per game in, in rebounds. So it didn't make a lot of sense as Sabonis was playing the power forward position. Regardless, I think Sabonis is a superior player out of those two. I think you could get oh, for Turner sure. for for a lot less potentially, like maybe just Patrick Williams. That's a great question, though. You know, like would you just trade that? I mean, we we need. I think if if Vooch keeps on having these games like he had yesterday, we eventually start. At, we need to have this conversation. Like he's only under contract for one more year after this one. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's right. You know, like we're gonna have to replace him eventually. Why not replace him with a guy like Miles Turner, who's 25 years old and Still freaking good, you know, and then have two guys on the roster as maybe one as a backup to Vooch and realize Vooch will go on his way next year. I think Vooch will be also uh, a tradable contract next year if we want to move him. But we got to start having that conversation because he's not – I mean, he's had so many games this year that he's played poorly. I am starting to get concerned, and I was for the trade as opposed to Doug. I don't know if we'll be able to make up the extra two points that uh, Vucevic is averaging over Turner. 
It might be really hard to find another option to where you get those two points from. That tone is sarcasm. Especially, especially when it. he takes another extra seven shots to get them. You know, like it's going to be really hard to get an extra two points with seven shots. Can, can, can we talk about sure, him? I'm pretty can sure I could just for... throw up seven shots and get two points. Like a like 50-50 chance I could just like just throw balls from half court and get a couple. Well, that's of, what I is doing. So. If I can do it, you can do it. How dare you? How dare you? To to go back to that point, I agree. If Vucevic gives you what you expect he should be able to give you, it's a big loss. And the other thing, even though I joke about his points and we know he's really struggled to score, I think the big thing you would miss if you swapped out Turner uh, or swapped Vucevic out for Turner is Vuce's ability to pass in the middle of the floor. Like when you yep. run that pick and roll, you get him the ball at the free throw line. Uh, Vooch is, is scoring has been really poor, but he is a great decision maker and a great passer. And if Agreed. you were able to somehow turn Vooch into Sabonis through some machination of trades, so it clearly wouldn't make sense straight up and you'd have to add something. But if you're able to turn Vooch into Sabonis, Sabonis would still give you all of that passing and you would hope would give you... He's a better you know, passer. Yeah, would, would hope no would doubt. give you much better scoring than what, what Vucevic has done recently. I mean, Vuce for Sabonis, I would do... I mean, it's still problematic in the sense that I don't think his fit with DeRozan would be as good as his fit with Vuce. And I don't think, you know, the Sabonis fit with Levine would be as good as what it can be with Vuce. Um, you know, I mean, obviously I'm talking about the, the, the Vuce we saw last season compared to the one that we're seeing this season. But... If for whatever reason that Vooch doesn't turn up again, then obviously, yeah, I would prefer Sabonis. Um, but it is what it is. This is what we're going to be talking about. There's teams around the league that's um, potentially going into a rebuild. Another one is the Portland team. I don't know if there's any particular guys on that roster that you're interested in, but like that, they're a team that seem close, I would imagine, to, to doing something drastic. I, I don't know what that means, but uh, I don't know. Is there anything uh, from a Portland point of view that we could link to the Chicago Bulls? That that brings me up to my next controversial topic. Probably not <laughs> as controversial as I the most overrated bull in history, but but something that I think will make all Bulls fans throw up in their mouth. Apparently, that's my specialty today, is uh, <laughs> Zach Levine uh, plus the Portland pick plus Derek Jones Jr. to match contracts. And I think Troy Brown Jr. as well has to be in there to match contracts for Damian Lillard. Man, I did not see this topic coming. Wait, I mean, I don't know why you didn't see it coming. It's was almost the like there's a sheet, sheet that says exactly all of the topics that are coming. That and I was literally segueing into it because I was referencing the, the rundown sheet said that you don't know how to use. I, I didn't see the rundown sheet. So I literally, my stomach dropped and I thought I was going to throw up all over my keyboard after you said oh, that. Man. Because I love Damian Lord, but he is not playing well this year. And I think he's a big pro- part of the problem for why the, the Blazers have been a quasi-disappointment. I don't think I'd do that. Just no, the age difference. The age difference. And uh, I love Zach so much. Interesting. Really interesting question. Doug, what what are your reasons for bringing this up? I'd like to know. Uh, so I you just, can face just, the wrath of the fan base. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just out on a, uh, a path to just piss off everyone. <laughs> And, and like I, it's it's funny because you guys said you wouldn't do it, and I have to say like I think I would like I oh my God. think I would have to do this like and I get that Damian Lillard has been bad this year, but the, what would you say like the problems with Zach are like he's not a good closer right, like he's he's an amazing player in games but he's not a good closer, and Damian Lillard is like the one of the greatest closers in the league. And he still does everything else Levine does in most of it better. Like he's a better shooter. He's a much better passer. He's a better ball handler. 
And I get that he's older and it like really closes your window. Like after like a year or two, you have like kind of like nothing if you make this trade. Whereas if you keep Zach, you can probably build around him after Damar and Vooch are gone. Like and, and if you get lucky with Pat and with Io and with whatever other picks or whatever else you're able to do, you can you can keep going with Levine for a while and, and with Lillard, he's he's gonna age out. I, I just feel like that is a trade that if you made it and I would hate it because like Zach feels like the identity of this team. Like it almost, it would almost like be in like 2010 if you brought in LeBron and like you would be like, yeah, we have a good chance of winning, but there's a part of you that would hate to bring in LeBron because he was LeBron and you know, whatever it would kind of feel like that to me. But I, I just really feel like, man, you'd have a, you'd have a real chance. I think of winning the title if Lillard plays to last year's level and you make that trade. That's the problem though. He hasn't played the last year's level and he hasn't even come games. close. 20 yeah, games. Yeah, but his his free throw attempts track record 20 his, games. His free throw attempts are are like cut in half number 1. His three point percentage last time I looked was around 30%. You, I mean, he has played think, so bad. You don't think Leonard can shoot threes anymore? He's taken like his, nine a game and he's yeah, but shooting that's at a thirty percent rate. No, like I don't believe that. Be that's a good point. Now, I, I know he's going to play better, and we saw some glimpses of that. But he also is thirty one years old, and he's it's not on like the, the conversation with Vooch, isn't it? Like you're like, there's no reason he should be this bad, but here we are, and now we have to talk about it. Like, yeah, we and that's right. We're twenty games in, as you said. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a long enough time that it's not nothing. It's not. Boy, nothing. this is a, this is a good question. Now, the more I think about it, I I don't think I do it. I don't think no. I. I don't think no. I would do it. I, I'd stick with Zach and ride with Zach. I really love what he's. I've seen from overall. But you saying you you would, Doug? Really, really, I wouldn't. But I just didn't. Want, I just, just someone. Someone had to say they'd do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think I could emotionally. <laughs> I don't think I could emotionally do it either. But but like it's, I, I'm actually probably with both of you. But like like man, it's 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 like, if you could get the Lillard of last year, I think you could win the title if you made that. Trade. It's, it's a different. But, it's a different question if you are getting. Uh, you know the peak version of Lillard, like even Lillard of last year. But the fact that he's so hurt and I don't yeah, know it, if this is going to continue or not. Like it, yeah, you the, don't the abdominal thing was in the Olympics and he was bad in the Olympic Olympics. He's been bad all this this season. So um, I don't know, like Zach's better right now. So no, I wouldn't do that deal. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It, like in the end, I, I think I probably agree. But I mean, how insane is that? That we're saying we won't give up. I mean, and that's really the only value in there. The rest is contract filler. We're just saying Zach Levine for Damian Lillard straight up. We're we're just saying no. I, I don't even think Zach has played that great this year. I know I'm in the minority <laughs> in saying this. But there's so many games I, I I watch him play, and then I'll be like, man, I think he had a good game. Then I look at the stats, and it's like, oh my god, you know, he's fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, he had 28 points, and you know, like, where did this happen? When did only this shot 47 percent from the field instead <laughs> exactly. of like 65 percent. Is it just me, or is, are you guys seeing the same thing? Like, I don't think he's playing as good as he did last year. I don't know it, if I'm, he's probably like five to ten percent worse this season than he was last season but he was so outrageously good last season that it doesn't really matter and it's it's less problematic because he got demar now as well so yeah, very he, underrated he can afford to season. yeah yeah he was amazing last season very, but like very underrated last season but that but that's the upside with this team right now like if, if zach gets back to that additional or if he adds that additional five to ten percent onto what he's doing now and gets back to what he was doing last season then that just increases the scope of the team so uh it, it's a good thing yeah so fred can you see my shirt um, hold on, I gotta get the screen back on. No, uh, the answer. <laughs> oh my god, the, an- the answer is no right now. I see it. It says Bulls beat. It is. This is a new I love Bulls that beat shirt. shirt. Oh, that's awesome, it's, dude. It's new, nice. So I I bought fifty of these. Holy smokes! Do you do you want to to give some away at your event? Absolutely. On Saturday, that would be great. Yeah, let's do that. Thanks for the you, the free you gotta, pub. 
you gotta you gotta stop by. So so Fred is going to host a roundtable of Bulls podcasters at the Windy City Bulls game on on Saturday, and he didn't invite me to this until That's not true. <laughs> he had already scheduled the date and invited five other people to the event that he talked about and got it confirmed with. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, you're coming, right?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm having laser eye surgery, you know, the day before the event. So no, I'm actually not coming. So, you know, I was I was secondary on this list. Uh, was it like, like you invited <laughs> Dave before me and Chris and uh, Matt? And None like, of this is I, true, fans. Also, None of this is true. true. It's all no, true. It's, when you brought it up to me, you, you brought it up. You said I already booked a date, and these guys are coming. Well, and you said three other guys were coming before you mentioned it. To well, me. here's how it went down. <laughs> we already had the date booked. Yes, for my son's travel team is playing before the game. So I'm going to be out on the court, roughing the game, coaching at the same time before the actual game with my son and, and his Bartlett travel team. And then, so we already were going to be there for this. And then I had been in conversations with the Windy City Bulls about ways that we could, you know, I want to get more people out there. I think it's a fan, fantastic event. And I wanted to use my minor celebrity D status to get people out there. This is a great way to do it. Great idea for my buddy uh, Nate over there. And now we're getting the greatest collection of Bulbas minds, think uh, thought leaders, under one roof in the history of sports. So I cannot wait to do it. And uh, Ricky O'Donnell's there. Not in this group. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not there. So not, not one of the Mark's greatest. Mark's in Australia. Minds. You're going to be at home, unfortunately. Yeah, so you don't count towards the the brain power. <laughs> but uh, Ricky O'Donnell, we got the ball. You know, ball guys. Just a yeah. No, it's, it's going to be list. fantastic. It's fantastic. Man, I just I just want to give you a hard time. Because oh, you know, I how did they let you do this? I still don't understand how they've they've thought this is a good idea to have you moderate a panel of. Well, I mean, have you a, ever seen my point guard it's work in a on room the big red bus? Off to the side, like it's it's not like you know live. No, 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 study. Doug. That's where it's changed. Get this, everybody. We're going to be adjacent to the actual floor, and they're broadcasting the whole event throughout the stadium during. Half-time. Oh my god! We're, we're the oh halftime god, entertainment. Awesome. We're the that's halftime awesome. entertainment, and so Doug, this is great because I was I asked them, can we throw away some stuff? Uh, you know, not throw away, but throw it into the crowd during uh, my moderating of the show. So it's it's only going to be like ten minutes, I think. Uh, and so I have to fit in everybody's <laughs> answers within. I don't 10 know minutes. how you're going to do that. In I minutes. might do a five minute intro though, so I don't know how we're going to get to everybody else. But, right, well, yeah. if you can come, if you can swing by my house, yes. sometime tomorrow, I will. I will uh, give you some shirts. This is awesome, Doug, and that's a beautiful I- shirt. Can you take a picture of it for the fans? Yeah, I got some. I have, so I have, I have some. The black ones are the really nice ones. I guess there's some red and white uh, ones. The red didn't do two color well, so the red ones are only one color. But anyway, I got get, Where'd you get these at? Customink. Customink. So Beautiful. anyway, anyway, this, uh, so this, this brings me into my, my version of story time. And <laughs> I've made everyone cringe in this whole show. Oh, no. It's I'm going to make you cringe one more time. So... I told you I'm getting laser eye surgery tomorrow. You're aware of this, right? Mm-hmm. And so We're I'm getting it only, only in my right eye. All right. So the reason probably, not, not 100% certain though, is I may have damaged my right eye uh, once when my kids were at uh, Chuck E. Cheese. This is my story. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I don't know if so I... Where were you at? Doug, Doug does where this involve at? any serenading of people with air supply <laughs> lyrics or anything? It does not. I was Did not you poke in the your Chuck eye out when you were taking off the sweater? So I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of chewing ice. I love to chew ice. So am I. That's and interesting. So I'm chewing ice, and I got like one of those cups with the plastic lid and the straw, and I'm like, just uh, the straw is kind of hanging off to the side, and I'm you know just just scooping it up to chew the ice or whatever that's in there. Uh-huh. And then I you know, 
kind of uh, put the lid back on the straw and for or the the cup and forgot about it. Oh no! And went to chew the ice, and uh, moved the cup towards my face, and the straw lodged itself in my eye. Oh, oh my god, dude! And so now, what happened to the I ice? I pull the cup out. <laughs> All right, because I think I just poked myself in the eye. The oh. straw is stuck in my oh. eye. Oh. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> the straw is stuck Just in for my the kids. So <laughs> That's I, so gross. I yank the straw out. Oh. And I'm like in a decent amount of pain. Now, there's not a lot Why? of nerves in the eye or like, or like, like a pain receptors in the eye. Really? Um, so I'm thinking this kind of got lodged between my eye socket and the eye. Oh, um, so I drive home and now like it's kind of going bad and now like as time goes on I'm in like pretty intense pain like it's getting it's getting worse so Jesus. I make an appointment to see like by uh, the ophthalmologist to go get my eye checked out so he goes and he looks at my eye and he goes yeah that wasn't lodged in between your eye and your eye socket that oh, went no. in your eyeball and like penetrated your eye and he goes he goes and you're not gonna believe this but this is the worst damage i've ever seen to an eye in my life oh my god he says but by some miracle it all missed the parts of the eye that are responsible for vision so it doesn't matter and like in like a few days you'll be fine because the eye is also one of the fastest healing things they put some steroid drops in and like like four days later my eye was fine but wow. fast forward about 15 years, my it's left eye, the vision, vision has stayed completely fine. And the right eye, the vision has, has, has like degraded considerably. And I just have to think that the straw in the eye was, was a part of this. Did you sue Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> I should have. I mean, that's just a society, but no, I didn't. The audacity of them with those straws. How dare, how dare so, they? Yeah. So, so if you ever go to a place and there's a warning label on the cups, it says, do not jam straw into your eye. <laughs> and you need to know like why they have to put that on the cups. It wasn't because I sued. It was because someone else did the same thing. Too. Oh, that's a good story. Yeah. So I've saved you all from getting that warning label. Mark, I, you got I any good story? Said. This is a good section. No. We should add our stories at we'll the end. We'll have story time every time. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll pass it. Mark, you got, you got story time next week. I don't, I don't have stories. I don't, share, I don't share with people. I'm not a sharer. Well, I got share. All right, then Fred's got story time. I, I got a good one. I got one more good one that one of my friends just reminded me of, which I had blocked out for like twenty we'll save years. It. We'll save it. Oh, you don't want me to share it? No, nah, we're like an hour, dude. Okay, I got you. Okay, it sounds we, good. We're, we're, we're an hour. I think I think that's good for this this rendition of the Bulls beat. Uh, head over to see the Windy City Bulls. I I'm gonna give Fred maybe ten ten shirts or so. I'm gonna save some shirts for the guys who come meet me at the Cavs game. Do you got the shirt cannon? Today. I don't have a shirt cannon. Wait, no, that would be so great. See if we can get one. And then I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, get the, I'll, I'll make a rubber band one that I could launch. Of course, out for the, the draft party in the summer when, when the Bulls have their draft, save some for them too. So we'll, we'll give away some, some Bull shirts. Let me just run down the attendance here. Get ready for this. Matt right. Peck, Big Dave from Lockdown Bulls. Salim from Bulls Gold. We all love Salim. Rebuildable. You blocked Salim the other day. Rebuildable podcast. Matt Gentile. Love him. Uh, C-Dub from Ball. Great guy. Bulls on tab, Buzz and uh, Buzz and a- Goose, aka Bull scripted, great guys, and Bulls one hundred and one, Laro. That's the group that are going to be here for this event. And wow. they each get one minute. They each get no, no, no. I'm going to balance <laughs> it out. That is balanced, Fred. One one minute of each is balanced. <laughs> so we're going to sign autographs, take pictures, whatever you want. 
Autographs, yeah, yeah. You, I'm sure you'll be giving out many of those. People are going to be bringing in their parking tickets. Be like, can you sign this? Sign my napkin here. Sign this drink bottle with this straw in that I'm going to put in my eye after you sign. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! All right, we're off the rails. We're off the rails. So that'll do it for this edition of the Bulls. People talk to you guys next week. Until then, uh, go Bulls. Godspeed.